right. I th- why don't we start with a joke? Let's start with a joke. You want to start with a joke? What has three legs and... Uh, I have an actual joke. Oh, okay, what's your joke? Here we go. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? I don't know, Ryan. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? You look for the fresh prince. <laughs> Welcome to Fill Me In. This is a nonsense. On, good stuff. It's going to be the biggest waste of the next 36 that minutes that you stuff. have ever experienced. This is a podcast that I'm Brian Simmett. I co-host it with this doofus over here. That would be me. I'm Ryan Heck. Yeah. So welcome to the 77th episode. 77. That's a that's a that's a palindrome. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a palindrome. It's a numerical palindrome. Okay. Refute that. I won't. Refute it's a, it. No, I'm not going to waste any more of my time. Uh, coming up on today's show, we have for you a crossword tip of the quarter month. We both sound like it's really early in the morning. Oh, it's so early in the morning. We also have Ryan's love of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, we don't have any of that. And news from Amanda's voice. Ooh. Yeah, that's ooh. a new feature. A visitation. A visitation. Yes. Do we have visiting rights? Does Amanda's voice have visiting rights? Who has visiting know. rights here? I don't know. What are visiting rights? I think, I think that's when you... What? <laughs> I'm just not awake yet. What? Oh. <laughs> my God, your face almost exploded in front of my face. All right. Uh, let's just go with, let's go with Jag and a Hank, and then oh. we'll, we'll be right back. Okay, fine. Are we back? I am. I'm not sure about you. Am I back? Uh, yes, you are back. Yeah. Should we Should we do viewer mail? We should. We should also say this is going to be a slightly abridged episode. Yes. Because we're we're doing it early. We're doing it on Friday. Yeah. It's today is Friday, October twenty third, which is a Friday in October. <laughs> I set you up for it. Very you nice. Did. You shouldn't have laughed while you were doing well, it. Well, I was. I'm tired. You knew it was coming. Though, I did know it was. And coming. And you enjoyed the joke. I did. Yeah. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know, professional Guilty attitude? as charged. Yeah. No, no. That's no, not... no professional attitude? No. You don't do that? You know, clearly after 77 uh, shows. Here's the thing. I'm going away for the weekend. I'm going to be gone for like five days, so we can't do the show. You're going to be in Wisconsin. normally do it. Although by the time you're listening to this, I'm almost back from Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. Well, did you have a good time? <laughs> it's gone pretty well so okay, far. that's good. But I'm tired. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yesterday was exhausting. I bet it oh, was. Oh, my God. I bet it was. Wow. But Milwaukee... Pretty good, pretty good place there. They, they got. Are deer. you up there for the Baseball. the uh, the the what is it? What do they call that dog sled? Uh, the Iditarod. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because that's in Alaska, <laughs> and it's they're, not now. They're very close. Very close. Very close indeed. They're northern, or as they say in the Music Man, northern. Northern. Yeah. When do they say that in the Music Man? I think in the in the in. Little Bit of Honey. What's that song? Little Bit of Honey? Yeah, that's a song from Music (laughs) What's the song at the beginning? Little Bit of Honey. What's it called? Iowa Stubborn? No. The song where they're all on the train. Oh. uh, He's a music man. He's a music man. He's a music man. Rock. Rock Island? Rock Rock City City Blues. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. There was one line in there where they say Northern. Okay. What, what, What musical is Little Bit of Honey from? Mike Nothnagel? <laughs> what musical is that from? This is already, I think, like the fourth time we've asked Mike Nothnagel a question about musicals. 
And I really think that almost every single time, it's you that has asked him. You're the one who knows stuff. I don't know stuff about musicals. So You're that, in the industry. So you have to ask. I, I can't sing. I can't play the piano. It's a C chord. <laughs> that is a C chord. C chord. That's true. Play it again. All right. I'm going to play it again. Wow. That's a C chord from Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Nice. It is, isn't it? I, you should have one of those just carry around with you. One of those bars. <laughs> You should have your fingers snapping or something, oh. right? Let's get going. Viewer mail. Opening it up. It's a rather light viewer mailbag. I'd like to think it's because people write to us on Saturdays. <laughs> and what with today being Friday, nobody's written to us the, yet. the day of the Sabbath. It is. We have three viewer mails to share with you today. The first one comes to us from Andrew Feist. Andrew Feist. Andrew Feist. We, don't, we haven't met Andrew Feist in person, I don't believe. No, I don't think so, but I, I think Andrew Feist is a very good crossword solver. He's recently begun posting on our blog. Yes. I see his times on, maybe it's on the applet or somewhere. I don't know. I they're think very, very good. They're very short, those times. Uh, they, they are. Quick. Very what would quick. you call that? Very tiny, tiny times. Quick times? Uh, uh, quick. Quick. That, short. Short? Short times? It, it sounds... Low. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like a compliment, Low though. times? It doesn't sound like a compliment. If the goal is speed, I think a low time is a compliment. But low, short... Ebb time? Ebb time? Meat that's time? Like low meat? time? Low? <laughs> Base time? That's low. Base is low. That is that is low. Moo? Moo, Moo is low. Cows lowing? Moo. Oh, okay, you know, sure. See? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not awake. All right. Why don't you read Andrew Feist's email? Andrew Feist says, remind me to bring my pinochle deck to the ACPT and teach you all pinochle. <laughs> pinochle. Well, pinochle uses, uses two, two decks. Pinochle. Maybe that should be the new, the new uh, code word. Instead of Frank Longo? Yeah. Pinochle. 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 It sounds too much like Papple Monkey. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to play Pinochle, but but it was in a crossword last week. Double Decker. Yeah, Pinochle. 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 <laughs> All right. Oh Please, Andrew, bring your Pinochle deck or your Pinochle decks. Yeah, we would love to. Uh, we'd love to learn how to play. I think you take you take two decks, you put them together, and you take out. Maybe all the threes. Is that what it and is? And then you have Pinochle. Yeah? Yeah. There's a bunch of card games I sort of wish I knew how to play, but don't. Would you get a book? Bridge. Bridge is very, seems very difficult. I know. That's why I don't know how to play it. But I know Bridge always comes with snacks. Does it? Yes. Oh. My parents used to play Bridge Did all the time. Did they have snacks? Probably. They used to play Duplicate Bridge. Probably more difficult. Well, it's it's sort of like, like the Duplicate Scratchy Yahtzee we did uh -huh. at Lollapazoola, where where all of the different bridge teams are all, they all have the same prepared deck, so oh. that they're all playing the same hands. You know, the four players at each table have exactly the same hands, uh -huh. so that you're not only playing to try to win at your own table, but you're also playing against all of the other tables to try to come up with the best overall score of the evening. Wow. I bet uh, Zop and Zom are pretty good at that. I, I, they used to love it. They, they used to do it pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this is a long time ago now. I don't know if they've done it recently at all. We should find out. <clears throat> Mike Nathnagel, when was the last time Brian's parents played Duplicate Bridge? Yeah, I, I really need to know, and I can't ask them. And, and did they win? And what was their final tally? And what musical did they listen to <laughs> in the car on the way home? Yes. That is a, I'm going to guess Ragtime. Ragtime? Yes. Yeah, because they last did this like 25 years ago, and Ragtime is about 10 <laughs> years old, but sure. No, well, it was in, it was in, it was in, uh, it was in development. Yeah? Yes. Really? 
Yeah. You think in the mid-80s, a show that was produced in 1996 was a... It was a germ. Okay. Why not? I could come up with a number of reasons why not. Well, let's not list them now. I mean, the composer and lyricist Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens hadn't started to write it yet. They were still working on Once on this Island at that time. Once on this Island? Once on this Island. Is that about Ellis Island? Uh, No. No, it's not at all. Alcatraz? No. It's a fantastic musical, Once on this Island. Yeah, it's really great. Is it better than Ragtime? I like it better than Ragtime. Ragtime was all right. Ragtime's about to open again on Broadway. It's a revival of Ragtime. A revival of Ragtime? A revival of Ragtime. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, it just closed. Uh, well, it's being revived. What? I guess it was not quite dead. So it's being revived. In the same theater? Uh, no, in a different theater. But it was just... I just saw it. But you didn't just see it. Well, I If feel... you saw it, it was like at least eight years ago. I just think that's too soon. Well, it's being revived. All right. Speaking of musicals. Yeah. Uh, our next viewer mail comes from Harry Hassel. Yes, he's very musical. He is a piano player? No. He is a singer. He is a woodwind player. He's a woodwind player. He might specialize in the flute, but he also plays the clarinet, saxophones, the oboe. Let me let me explain something to you about Harry Hassel. Oh, a, please do. A, he's a musician, yeah. and he knows you quite well. He knows me. B, he lives in Jackson Heights. Yes. C, he does crosswords. Yes. D, I've never been in the same room with him. How no? is this possible? I don't know. I've never met him. I've never talked I like to him Harry on the Hassel. Phone. I, I wish I knew him better. I, and Harry, if you're listening, I wish I knew you better. You're a great guy and a very talented musician. I, I don't know much about him as a crossword solver, except that he solves them. I, I think he's probably good at it because well, he's, he's become a, smart a, a guy. very, a very uh, lucrative. Lucrative's not. The I right don't think word. it's lucrative unless what? he's doing something <laughs> we're not. <laughs> What's the uh, frequent? But it's the it's a different word. Sure, lucrative. Yeah, just a use very that. Lucrative commenter <laughs> on our blog. Almost every day. What yes, is recently. Word, yeah. What is the word I'm looking for? Mike Nothnagel, what's the word that Ryan's looking it's for? It's not lucrative. No. But it starts with an L. Okay. Lickanthrope? <laughs> yes, I think that's what it is. Is he a werewolf? Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, he says, I won't take time here to call you out of the misnumbering of your episodes in the Shorts Wars segment. Okay, so I, he just has. Yes, he just I, has. And I know what he's referring passively. to. I know what it was referring to. It was to. because we should have been airing episodes four, five, five and, and six. six. Yes. And instead we called them episodes one, two, and three. Right. Then we said four, five, and six were on their way. Yeah. So we know that. But also, four, five, and six are not on their way. Oh, they just, might be. Oh, really? Who knows? Okay. I haven't seen them yet. Well, I haven't seen them yet either, but it okay. takes a long time to go across the border. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to come to the defense of Sissy Bon. I agree that there are too many foreign words in the puzzles, but Sissy Bon is a great old song made famous by Eartha Kitt, and as such is definitely in the language as much as that's Amore and K Sera Sera. All right, you know what? I'm going to say to that what I said to Harry, which is if it had been clued that way, I'd have been okay with it. How is clued? I don't remember. It was clued as some. French phrase. You want me to look it up? I'll look it up. Tell the story. Uh, Harry Hassel has also uh, sent us a picture of him wearing a toupee and uh, with next to Eartha Kitt. When uh, he's not wearing a toupee, I think in the picture it looks like he's wearing a toupee. I looked at that. Picture. Harry Hassel actually has all his hair, ah. unlike at least one of us. Right, at okay. least one of us. At least one of us. Uh, and I think he was. He was. Uh, in the musical that has Ceci Bon in it. Uh, no, I think he once played a gig in which Eartha Kitt sang. Ceci Bon? I don't know if she sang that, but she sang something. How does the woodwind part go in Ceci Bon? Uh, what I is don't... a woodwind? 
Is that a flute? A flute is one of them. It's a family of instruments. I thought it's a reed. Yeah, woodwinds and reeds are the same thing. Woodwinds and reeds are the same thing? Yes. Get the hell out of here! Yeah. Well, the reeds are made of wood. Oh. And the instruments are played by breathing into them, (laughs) hence the wind. So a woodwind I thought wood like wind, a clarinet. I thought the whole instrument was made out of wood, like a fife. Sometimes. A fife? They could be. Some flutes are made out of wood. You know, the bodies of some clarinets and bassoons, those are made out of wood. Okay. But thats I don't think that's what's being referred to. I think it's the reed. Really? Which, incidentally, flutes don't have reeds. Uh, then how is it a woodwind? It, it Because the, the mechanism in? of playing it, I guess, is somewhat similar. You know what? I'm not entirely sure why a flute is considered a woodwind. But it is, even though it doesn't work ex- the same way that other reed instruments do. Well, you know do. what we do in this case? Mike Mothnagel, why is a flute considered a woodwind, yes. even though it has no wood? <laughs> <laughs> and how much wood could a flute chuck? Ceci Bon was clued as, it's so good in Paris. Now, what? how, how else has it been clued? It's been in the puzzle it has, four it, times. Four times, uh, twice as 1953 Eartha Kitt hit. And once as song title, followed by the lyric, Lovers Say That in France. Okay. Can you play a little bit of Ceci Bon for us now? No, I cannot. Okay, great. We do not have a woodwind here. We do not. We need Harry Hassel to come into the studio. Harry Hassel actually lives closer to you than I do. He lives He lives close to a block and a half away? I believe Harry Hassel lives across the street from you. Get the hell out of I, here. I think he does. All right, Harry Hassel, <laughs> here's the I thing. bet you've seen him. I'll bet you've been on a bus with him and I you probably just don't have. know it. I probably have. Yeah. Harry Hassel, I want you to lay down on tape the... Lay down on tape? Lay down on tape. That's what they say in the business. You want him to lie prone no, on No, I a... want him to lay a track down on tape. Oh, Laying a some track. track. Laying some track. Oh, I want you to lay some track so on the a track tape. Consist of fresh prints. <laughs> you like that, right? No, You're going to say that. To I somebody certainly today. didn't like it. Uh, lay down on a track, on a tape, the the the, the woodwind section of Ceci Bon, and then walk it over to me to my apartment. Yep, there you go, Harry. You know where Ryan lives, right? I mean, we used to spy on him before. Oh, what? oh, oh! Excuse no? me. Uh, our third viewer mail. Our third viewer mail is a, is a special treat. Our third viewer mail comes to us from our friend Amanda, Amanda Yesnowitz, whose nickname shall go unmentioned at the moment. Uh, and I think uh, that's all we need to say, right? So yes. here it is. Hi, guys. Guess who? It's the unparalleled parallel voice engineer. I've often told that I have one of those voices, and, well, I have to agree. I very much like the sound of my own voice, and with all the other self-loathing, it feels good to be able to say that. But if you want to date my voice, you should know a few things. My voice has very expensive taste. It likes lobster, it likes to go to Broadway shows, and it likes Kate Spade shoes. And it also has to like your voice. Oh, and it has no desire to touch your armpits, sweaty or otherwise. Since the content of my segment seemed to be incidental, maybe I could just call in from time to time to talk about what was on sale at the grocery store, or who was on Oprah, or the merits of Vassar's drama department, or Brian's beef with foreign words, you know, things nobody really cares about. Oh, and P.S., I am still a fan of Look on the Horizon, because Ryan always sounds surprised to hear those words come out of his mouth. I could date that voice. I could totally go for some lobster. <laughs> lobster, and I don't know, does Kate Spade make shoes for men? Or I don't just know. for women? I don't know. Well, her name is Kate. 
Well, I know that's the company name. Right. Yeah. Does Tom McCann make shoes for women? Probably. Interesting. But I don't know. I don't know. How about Foot Locker? (laughs) They make shoes for women. Well, and for men. Foot Locker is a unisex name. It is. You could have a man named Foot. You could have a woman named Foot. Really? I don't think you could have either. Sure, you could. It's not unisex. That's non-sex. <laughs> you can have a, you can have a, a a woman named Rumor. You can have a man named Kate. How can you? How can you have a man named Kate? I don't know. Why not? A man named Kate was Clint Eastwood in that? <laughs> I think so. And Johnny Cash. <laughs> a man named Kate was the father of the boy named Sue. I think. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sort of sense. where that went mentally yes. for me. Yes. I don't know why. It's a good song. A boy named Sue. Yes. Or a man named Kate. <laughs> A boy named Sue. That Harry Hassel, be. can you play us the Woodward part of either a man named Kate or a boy named Sue? Yes, please. Or if you could put and then a lay down on tape. Yes, if you would lay down the track on the tape. Okay. Uh, and also, I don't want to go unmentioned that Amanda likes "Look on the Horizon." You don't have to say that. She just said. that. I know, but I'm reemphasizing it. Reemphasizing. We do look on the horizon. It's fine. I don't like it, but we do it. Yes, because people like it. Close the bag. Viewer mail. Closing it up. That was in a different key than it usually is. I know. That was very strange. You snapped faster, and then you sang it like a third higher. It was very weird. Did I sing it a third Michael Marcus, what key was he in just there? Because that was different than usual. I don't understand key changes, but we can talk about that another time. You don't understand key changes? I don't get it. What don't you get? I just think that you're you're playing... Here's a C chord. Right. Here's a D chord. Right. Yeah. So, what's so the then, problem? so then, every, when you're singing, everything kind of revolves around the D chord, and then you no, you, but you you have a you have a center uh, in in tonal music. You have a center, right? A, a tonal center <laughs> in the key of C major. The tonal center is C. But but you can you, you can sing other notes. Sure, you can sing all the notes. Right. So I don't. But it, 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 I don't it, get it. It's the relationship. It's all relative to the tonal center, because in most in most standard music, everything resolves to the tonal center. So if you have a piece that's in C, it resolves to C. You mean ends in C? Often, sure. Like the pickle? Kind of. Kind of. The pickle is horrible. The viewer mail song doesn't really apply either, but most normal songs... Well, the viewer mail song is atonal. (laughs) That is definitely true. (laughs) That is definitely, definitely true. All right. Uh, we're talking a lot about music You're today. My oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, that noise will now be on the podcast. It will. You, you will. can't hear it because you're not wearing headphones. I'm this not. Week. I'm not. My headphones have uh, disintegrated. Ryan broke his <laughs> headphones shortly after the Los Angeles Phillies of Western Pennsylvania. Uh, but, and by shortly after, I mean really shortly after. Approximately one nanosecond after <laughs> the Phillies beat the Dodgers. That was the worst. The National League Championship you know what? Series. I, you know what? I am not even going to go into it. You know why? Because it will, give, it will give glee to the Phillies fans who listen to this show. Do we have any Philly fans who listen to this show? Well, uh, uh, Philly Solver listens to the show. Okay. He's a Phillies fan. Okay. I don't want to give him any pleasure. No? I mean, I mean, I don't mind Philly Solver being happy. I just don't want him to be happy because of my unhappiness. I don't think he's happy because of your unhappiness. I think he's happy because his team won. He's, That's not your unhappiness. Yeah, it is. No. Yes. No. It is. It isn't. It is. They are one of I the think same. You no, know, he's happy in conjunction with your unhappiness. He's not happy because of your unhappiness. Well, I think there are a few people who are... Being happy because you're unhappy, that's schadenfreude. <laughs> which is a German word that should never be in a crossword puzzle. <laughs> I like how you had a key change there in your, in your speech. <laughs> not really. Yeah, you did. Would you set up the next segment, All please? All right, the next segment is part four 
a fiction with Thomas Heilman, Spikes, Freaks, and Pasadena Pride. So uh, last week we finished the volleyball story. We had we had Hudak. We did. We had uh, what who Hudak was. Yeah, we had the Hudak digression. The Hudak digression, <laughs> and now there is a an after story regarding Pasadena. And Brian, would you please regale us with that story? Uh, I this is uh, Thomas Heilman, of course, wrote us this. Uh, I enjoyed the segment on the interview clips with Lollapazoola too. I was especially intrigued to learn that Doug Peterson works in Pasadena, California. I live in Pasadena, Maryland. Now, what are the odds, do you think, for there being a crossword constructor like Doug Peterson, who has published a couple of thousand crossword puzzles working in a Pasadena on the West Coast, and another crossword constructor like me, who has published a couple dozen crossword puzzles living in a Pasadena on the East Coast? Pretty interesting, don't you think? So now I'd like to ask you, Ryan. All right. Do you think that's interesting? Ah. Not really. You want my total honest opinion? I do, I do. Nah, I don't find it interesting at all. No? You don't? Do you find it interesting? You know what? I don't. <laughs> but you know what? Since only about 50% of this is true, I'm inclined to think that the 50% that's not true, I don't think he lives in Pasadena, Maryland. I think he also lives in Pasadena, California. I, I think maybe and I think he invented Pasadena, Maryland so that he doesn't feel in such competition with Doug Peterson. Is it possible that he actually is Doug Peterson and he invented Thomas Heilman? That is possible. Hmm. That's a lot, though. That might be more than 50%. That might be more than 50%. I Wouldn't might that be hysterical to find out that all of this Thomas Heilman stuff was actually Doug Peterson I under a pseudonym? That. I can see that. That would be incredible. That would be. What a surprising turn of events that would be. <laughs> and he's just saying Pasadena, Maryland, so he could remember. He's less, to, less lying yeah, to remember. Yeah, it's a lot easier to make up stories if right. half of the stuff you say is already true. Right. I, I could invent somebody who lives in, in, in Jackson Heights, Queens, Oregon. Yes, you could. Oregon? Did I say that right? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Oregon? Oregon? We, we had a whole guy Oregon. on. We, we had Oregon guy on. Who was <laughs> oh Oregon my guy? God. Is it Matt Jones? I think it was Matt Jones. We had him on. Yeah. He explained to us how to pronounce Oregon. Yeah. Is it Oregon? Oregon. <laughs> I don't think it's Oregon. <laughs> I'm quite it, sure it's that's, not That's Oregon. how the pirates say it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So that was fiction with Thomas Heilman as a boy. That was it, right? That Are we done it. with that segment? Yes. I'm going to finish that segment. It's All done. right. Moving on to the crossword tip of the quarter month. Yes. This is from Bremen Emmett and Emmett Emmett Bremen Emmett Emmett Brendan Emmett Quigley's blog. Uh, Brendan Emmett Quigley uh, does. I don't know if you know this. He he puts up three new crossword puzzles every week. You don't know this. Week. You should know this. Brendan Emmett Quigley dot com. Yes. And uh, he creates and and posts. And, Three and, puzzles a week. And Absolutely articles free. about them. And then he writes about the puzzles and the experience of the puzzles. So, puzzle number 137. Uh, by the way, if you haven't done it yet and you think you're going to, just fast forward a little bit because we're going to talk about it. But it was like a week ago now. So, so it's fair game. I think so. Uh, his concept was bad crossings. Yes. Bad crossings. He had four crossings in his puzzle that were pretty generally unsolvable. And it was the crossings he... He said it was based on what Rex Parker has called the Natick Principle. The Natick Principle? Natick. N-A-T-I-C-K, which is a town in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. That apparently Brendan put in a puzzle, and then Rex ridiculed because nobody's ever heard of Natick. I haven't. I have. I actually knew Natick. <laughs> I drive through it to go up to my parents' really? house. Yeah. New Natick. Uh, no, just Natick. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just Natick. Uh... So in Brendan's puzzle, he had these crossings, and, and the one that jumped out at me that was just nonsense 
21 Across, Crystallized Band, 2009, 8 Down, 80s Video Game with Falling Blocks. Now, I would think I like video games and I like music. I should know that, right? Is it Goblix? Yeah, I didn't know either of these things. Oh, Clax. Cla- Do you know Clax? K-L-A-X? I, that, that rings a bell. Really? And how about the XX? I don't know anything about music. No? I certainly don't know anything the about XX. the XX. No? How about uh, Animal Collective Singer Blank Tear? You know, I've stared at this puzzle A.V. Tear. And uh, Vikings Tight End Shienko. <laughs> Visanth. Visanth. So what, what, what was the letter they crossed off? The V. The V. Yeah. There's no way to get that. No. It's crossings of two nonsense things that there's no way to figure out. Unless you just know it. Unless you just know it. That's just trivia crossings. Right. So that's 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 our crossword tip of the quarter month. Don't do that. If you're constructing. Yeah. Yeah. Cross trivia with things you can actually figure out. Right. Because otherwise it's not fun and it's not fair. No. And then we hate you. Right. Well, not hate. No? I don't know if we hate. Today's puzzle had some of that kind of trivia in it. Well. So there you go. There's a whole other thing going on there. <laughs> it's not a very interesting crossword tip of the quarter month, but but crossing trivia with trivia, just don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do, don't it. do it. Unless it's find it's, another way. Unless it's widely known trivia. If it's widely known, obscure trivia with obscure proper names, stop it. Yeah, but if stop it's, if it it's now. like uh, this state ends with the letters Antana, then that's okay. Yeah, because that's. Not trivia and not something you'd ever see in a crossword puzzle. It's trivia? What? It's trivia? Really? This state ends in Montana? If you're from Karkusk? That's, tri- that's not trivia. Sure it is. No, it's not. How is that not trivia? Because that's not like a... It's it's not a, a characteristic. It's not a fact. It's not a... That is a fact. No, that it's is a not. Fact. How is that not a fact? That I don't there think that counts as trivia. There are states in the Union. One of them ends with the letters Montana. Yes, it is clumsily descriptive but it's not trivia you think drink a lot of fanta in montana what why i don't know because it kind of sounds the same fanta and montana it sounded more like the same when it was just in my head <laughs> things sound good in your head <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah they should stay there <laughs> um now thank you so uh yeah no trivia no trivia crossing with other trivia. Is that what you said? That is what I said. All right. Like so a I'm, week I'm, ago now. I'm not going to repeat it. Oh Speaking of a week ago, last week's contest. Last week's contest. What a segue. Last week's contest was uh, from... Who was it from? Eric Berlin. Eric Berlin. Uh, all right. So the contest was, there are two common phrases of two words each where both words end in N-K. These two <laughs> phrases are not opposites. But ideologically, they're pretty far apart. What are they? We Brian, got a bunch of answers to this, but I think most people were correct in their answers. Everybody was correct. There were a couple of alternative choices that maybe aren't the most common two-word phrases. But still, uh, the answers, I think, are think tank and drunk tank. Think tank and drunk tank. Yes. Have you ever been in either one of those things? I certainly have not. You've never been in a think tank or in a drunk tank? No, I'm not sure exactly what either of them are i think a think tank is like a bunch of really smart people coming up with ideas together like in a laboratory well, they I all don't... wear white coats in, in my mental version <laughs> of a think tank wasn't macgyver part of a think tank maybe i think he was and i think a drunk tank is like the jail cell that they put all the drunks in. oh well i th- I, I, th- I could be totally wrong about both of those i should have looked this up before doing it but as john delphin once said in an email to us we don't look anything up right 
He did accuse us of that. He did. John Delphin Vassar class of 1976. Pretty accurate. It is. We don't look stuff up. No. But we don't have to. You know why we don't have to? Because we have all of you fine viewers to email us and and, and fix everything. So who wins the contest this week? Oh. Can we do it without the pickle? Can Um, can we? Can we? (laughs) How on earth would we pick the winner without the pickle? I'm thinking of so many different ways. All right. Thank you. <laughs> what did you call him last week? Little pickle turd? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, the winner is Howard Barkin, knower of all things. The great Howard the Barkin. The great Howard Barkin. Yes, he knows all things except Ushpizin. Right. And and what was it? And uh, something else. Types of goats? Was it types of goats? I think it was something. He he returned to us his Lollapazula One Prize, which was a book of... Uh, Eugene Maleska. That's right, which he had only halfway finished. And he said, and he told us to go. Yeah, he said, I can't do this, so would you guys finish it, please? (laughs) Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we have a new contest for you, and this contest comes to us from Contest Master Commissioner Peter Gordon. Yes. Sextuple threat. Yes. Peter tells us this. There are. No. Peter tells us this. Take a. Started to read last week's contest again. I need to fold over this paper. Yeah, see, you know, what are you, who are you, me? I should be crossing out these segments as we do them, right? All right. This is a good use of podcast time. You cross. <clears throat> this week's contest, Commissioner Peter Gordon. <laughs> uh, who printed this? I can't read it. Take a common four-letter, one-syllable man's name. Add a line to one letter. To get another letter, and you'll have a two-syllable man's name. What are the names? Interesting. Does that make sense? Did I read it correctly? Yeah. So you have a four... So this is like a... It's a, it's a graphical thing. You have to write this. Right. Or you have to at least conceive of it as, as being written. Yes. This is not wordplay so much as typography play. <laughs> font play. Font play. <laughs> That's what it is. Font play. So What's yeah. your favorite font? My favorite font? Yeah. I don't know. I know yeah. you have a favorite Don't say song. Comic Sans. Do not say Comic Sans. Comic Sans, I just say to irritate you. I hate Comic Sans. I don't know what there is to hate about it. It's overuse in culture. I, I don't really notice fonts. Oh, I definitely notice fonts. Yeah, I know. You're a big font guy. I was driving from Maine to New York City with my father a few months ago. And in Connecticut, if you're driving on the Merritt Parkway, uh-huh. all of a sudden for part of the Merritt Parkway, all the, all the highway signs, the font changes. Like, it's not... There's the font that's on almost all highway signs everywhere in the United States. But on the Merritt Parkway, I've experienced a different font. The green of the sign is a slightly different color, which you would never notice because you're colorblind. But it is. It's a little bit darker. And I don't know why I have to point that out. Uh, to our viewers who otherwise wouldn't know. <laughs> also, the border of the sign is different. On uh-huh. most signs, it's just a, a white border. But on right. this one, it's like got this zigzag pattern. Uh-huh. And the font is different. The lettering is different. And my father and I talked about this for like an hour. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, for about an hour I we talked about I wish you would take fonts. that. We yeah. could have skipped a podcast. I know, I know. I don't think we were doing the podcast yet. This oh, really? wasn't a few months ago. This was a few years ago now that I think about it. How did you get that well, I lose track of time. <laughs> All right, so so four-letter, one-syllable man's name. You add a line to a letter, you get another name. Yep. Basically, that's what it is. That's basically what it is. Yes. I think that's what I said. You just read it faster. Well, I'm just because we, we got off on a tangent. Tangents? Tangents. I never tangent. No. 
Uh, look! On the horizon! It's a thunder god, and he's bringing to us a thunder round. I didn't put too much thinking into it this week. I'll no. come up with something better. You, were, you were really, like, just beaming with pride that Amanda announced in her voice how much she liked the thunder round. She does. And so now you've just lost all ability to make it interesting. No, it's. I think it's interesting all by itself. Okay. I don't think you need you. It's you don't want to make something too interesting. It's not interesting all by itself. And Amanda said that. She said what's interesting about it is that you always sound surprised that those words are coming out of your mouth. I do. It is surprising. It is. Yeah. Really? It's surprising to me. Monday, October 19th by Lynn Lempel. Ooh and ah. These were words that had those vowel sounds in them. Ooh and ah. Yeah, you know what? I didn't figure out this theme until a little later on. I mean, Even I though one of the clues says this I, is the theme I to the puzzle? I figured out the puzzle, and, yeah. but I didn't realize that, that it's actually very clever that all of the theme answers have the... Tucson. Have, like Tucson has ooh, ooh, ah. ooh, ooh ah. Yeah, yeah. It's not just some have ooh and some have ah. They all no, have, they ooh, all ah, have ooh, ah. And they're all in that order. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Tuesday, October 20th by Gary C. That, that last name is spelled C-E-E. It's not just C. I'm okay. not just saying his initial. Okay. I want to give credit where credit is due. Is it due? It is due. Okay. Changing gears. Yes. What was this? This was uh, changing gears. The letters in gears were rearranged. In each of the oh, yes. So then they rearranged. They were in the middle of another phrase and in another phrase and so on. Our car broke down. Yes. This yes. was a while ago. Yes, it was. Before or after I talked about fonts for an hour with my dad. I'm going to say after. I bet after also. Wednesday, October 21st, by Rob Reiner's friend, Peter A. Collins. This is the pop star word ladder. Pop star wood, word ladder. Sing us some uh, Jackson Brown, <laughs> would you? Just uh, give us a little Give us uh, a little Jackson Brown. I, um, uh, um, Excellent. Good. Well done. Uh, Thursday, October 22nd, by Joe Fagliano. Shot in the dark. Yeah. This was very clever. <laughs> <laughs> You say the title of it, and then you're like, "That's it. I'm, my job no, is done." No, it was a very, it was very clever. First of all, you had you had phrases that would normally have the word "shot" in yeah. it, and then the shot was gone, but the shot was actually inside the black square. I yep. mean, you could you could visualize that. Yeah, the black square is dark, and the shot so the shot was in the dark. Yeah, very clever. Very clever indeed. Very clever. Okay, you know that guy was like 17, Joel Fagliano. Yeah, he also he's also from Philadelphia. Oh, really? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, that leads us to uh, Friday, October 23rd, by Barry C. Silk, friend and confidant of Doug Peterson, Crossword Gentleman, and Man About Town. Your friend, Barry C. Philadelphia Silk. (laughs) Yes. Barry C. Silk is from Philadelphia. He is. (laughs) Saturday, October 24th, from the Los Angeles Times of Anaheim. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing. We don't have Saturday and Sunday. No, because today Times. is a Friday in October. It is a Friday, but we October. did get a sneak preview of Saturday's L.A. Times puzzle. It was by Thomas Heilman as, as a, a boy. boy. Yes, uh, and it does not have hudak. No, but it does have hunkered, yeah. hypotenuses, yeah. and hrib roast. It does. It does indeed <laughs> have those things. Who out there does the L.A. Times puzzle? 
I do. Yeah, we only talk about the New York Times puzzle on this podcast, we but today we're it? talking about the L.A. Times puzzle. Should we puzzle. talk about more puzzles? The L.A. Times. <laughs> the L.A. Times. <laughs> we, could talk, we also talked about a Brendan Emmett Quigley puzzle we today. We did. Maybe we should expand our horizons. Our horizons? Our horizons. Our chorizons? <laughs> I'm, I'm combining horizons with the Mexican sausage. <laughs> you were, and I, I have no idea why you were doing that. <laughs> I don't know. But you did it. Because you said horizons. That's more Jewish than Mexican. Yeah, well, how would you spell horizons? C-H. Exactly, and how would you spell chorizons? <laughs> C-H, see? You see what I'm doing? Okay. Gary C-H. <laughs> Gary Chi. <laughs> Gary Chi. <laughs> uh, so, everybody go to the LA Times. The LA Times. The LA Times on Saturday. Do Thomas Heilman's About a Boy Puzzle. And get back about to a it. boy. It is not about a boy. As a boy, Thomas Heilman. As a boy, about a boy is a Nick Hornby novel. Oh yes. Yeah, it was made into a mediocre movie with who? Not Hugh Jackman. The other one, Hugh Grant. Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I want all three of them to do something together, and they're all British. They are. Are, are there any Americans named Hugh? No, we no. Not Hugh Jackman. Must. How come we didn't do his nickname this whole I episode? Know, we What's forgot. the matter with us? You didn't write it down in the thing. I can't I can't remember anything that's not written down on the thing. I know. I know.